Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight is episode eight, titled Searching for the Summit, because tonight we got on Taylor Broadway, the White Sox minor league prospect. He's going to talk about his time this past season in the minor leagues with the Sox. He's going to talk about what it's like every day, that grind, that hustle, and what it's like climbing your way one rung at a time to the top of the mountain. So, guys, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview and podcasting this week, our man, Chicago White Sox prospect, Taylor Broadway. Right. Taylor, my man, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great. Just uh, just glad to be back. Thank you all for uh, inviting me back. Absolutely, man. We are we're blessed to have you. And it's been a while. And I mean, needless to say, a lot has transpired. A lot has gone on in, in your world. But, you know, before we get into, you know, minor league baseball and, and, and that story, you know, let's let's talk about just being a part of the White Sox organization itself. A lot of success, you know, for the organization, a lot of success for the big league club. Like, what does it mean to be a part of an organization like that? And what does it feel like when you look on TV or you train with guys or you see the guys that are up there doing so well for that organization? Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I, I haven't technically been you know in the organization long enough to to quite pot like quite be around some of those guys that were up there just already or like in the big leagues right now but you definitely feel the impact and stuff all the way you know from top to bottom that just seeing the way they do things and and even word of mouth and and, and so on and so on you know it, it goes a long ways just you know seeing how, how they go about their business and you know, that obviously just is, you know, you, you're looking up to that and stuff like that. So that's really cool to be a part of. And then on the other side of it is like, you know, seeing the success they had and then, and then making it to the playoffs was just a really cool, like, you know, I'm, I'm a part of that, but, you know, not really playing, but I'm still a part of that in a sense, like I'm in the organization and, and, you know, if, if they, you know, were to move on to the world series and stuff like that, that's just like, I think it's really cool to be a part of. And, really cool to see and watch and, and be able to support as somebody truly in the organization, not just as a fan or something like that anymore. It's just kind of a, a different side. Of it. And then hopefully, you know, one day can be a part of that, you know, as a, as a true player on, on that, on the team. It's, it's gotta, you know, leave a special feeling inside of you to know, you know, over the past few years, the White Sox have done a really good job of developing talent and getting talent in and, and making big strides. I mean, we've seen it in their record. We see them in the playoffs. Um, you know, being drafted and being a part of that organization, that's their stamp saying, you're a guy that we see that can help us continue this thing that we're building. So, like, what what does that feel like? I mean... I'm I haven't been a part of anything big so like to me that's like this larger than life feeling like exactly like it's 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 something much bigger than who I mean obviously me but 
you're also part of something so big that it, you, you know, you, that's a special feeling to yourself. And, and now, you, you know, it, you're, de- you're going to just, at least, you know, myself, I'm going to go above and beyond to try and do whatever I can to contribute to that such a, you know, big, bigger thing than I am to, to be a part of something special, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, world series right now, got the Braves, you got the Astros, obviously not the, the, the team that you wanted, but I'm not going to ask you who you think should win or who is most deserving, but of the two teams, who do you think has, has it, has it all? Who do you think has the development so, from the from the lower levels all the way up through the big club, and they have it in them to to win it all? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go two ways here. I think the Astros, by far, from a talent standpoint, and everything like that, just have have it all. But then I kind of think the Braves have that, you know, they obviously went through this year where they weren't, you know, what they were probably a 500 team at, at some point and really kind of just grinded their way into, you know, in the back half of the season into the playoffs. And now I think they're, you know, it, this is going to be a really good World Series and it already has been. Who knows what happens these next two games, but I think they're that team that's just scary at the same time that maybe they weren't, all, you know, the most talented, but they've look at some of the guys they've like pieced together and pulled together that have just, you know, persevered and made them become who they are at the same time. So I think there's, you know, in a sense, kind of two different aspects there. You know, I don't know one or the other, but I will say, I think like the Braves look pretty scary and, and who knows what can happen two more games in, 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 in Minute Maid in Houston, but um They've definitely, you know, and watching some of their like the bullpen guys that have come out and done such great things. And and I know they've been in some situations, you know, especially like against the Dodgers and stuff like that to 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 get here. And, and they just seem to be, you know, getting hot at the right time, as you would as you would say. Yeah, it seems like when you talk about the Braves and we got your story the first time you're on, it feels like you would resonate more with them because while you are talented, you're about the team that had to grind all the way to get there. And it's basically what the Braves have had to do. So it feels like if you were to have to lean one way or the other, it feels like you kind of, you got something intertwined with you and what the Braves are doing. It's just cool to see, you know, when you see guys like that come together who they're obviously very talented, but they might not have a one to nine lineup like the Astros do and stuff, you know, in in that sense. And so it's cool to see that, they're just showing up every day and, and going to, you know, do whatever it takes to, to win, essentially. You know? Yeah, and it's crazy. You brought up those bullpen guys. And, you know, I've watched you come in with bases loaded at Ole Miss, and that's one thing. But, you know, Matzik, for instance, for the Braves to come in and the playoffs against the Dodgers with bases juice, man, I just – like like Daniel said, we hadn't done big things. I couldn't that's, imagine – my heart would beat out of my chest. That's exactly the guy I was – whenever I said the bullpen, mainly I had seen it and had, had saw what he did with those. I forgot what the stats were, but struck out however many guys with runners in scoring position and some of the biggest moments and the biggest games, obviously, you know? Absolutely. So let's talk about draft day, you know, for you, what were the emotions like, you know, where were you at? Who were you with? You know, let's talk about your road to get into where hopefully we see you in a world series one day. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I was actually just at home with uh, 
my my parents and my and my little brother and um obviously I, it was day two of the draft when I got drafted and so man just kind of you know didn't you know obviously didn't sleep maybe as good that, that night before but you know a little anxious and, and a little you know but an excited feeling to see what what was in store and so you know I actually was uh, I actually was at home and got a call in like the fifth round or so and and didn't and from from the White Sox and they were like okay we're you know we like you this and that and got off the phone and didn't hear back from them for a very like for what seemed like an eternity. And I'm pretty sure there was a break. It might've been the fourth round, but there was a break in between whenever I had talked to them, like a 15 minute break that the draft took basically a, a intermission type thing. And so that obviously that felt like an hour, you know? And so then I think it, it gets to the sixth round and maybe two or three picks before the white Sox, And Sure enough, they, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm getting very nervous at this point because I'm like, okay, am I just going to, is this going to go through the sixth round and this and that? And they call me two or three picks before and sure enough, and, you know, we, we were ready to go. And then sure enough, looked at the TV and, and uh, saw my name pop up. So it was getting to be with my family and, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's an interesting sequence because not every team's the same. Me, Randy, and Daniel talked to the three Tennessee guys, and every single one of them, when they got drafted, their story was different, you know, whether it was waiting or, you know, the who called them and, and what they were told and everything. It, you know, every organization handles things differently. You know, uh, Liam was drafted. They didn't even call him, whereas, you know, Chad Dallas had known well before he's going to be out. So you never know how it's going to be, but, you know, same feeling for you as them, I'm sure. When you see your name come across that bottom line of that ticker, you know, man, that's awesome. Just everything you've worked for for so long, you know, finally, you know, paying off. But now it's even now it's still, you know, we're not, you know, we're gonna keep going from from here at the same time, you know. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who got the who got the first hug from you? Uh, my mom. Gotta be mom. Da Daniel mom always says, too. "Gotta that's be the, mom." That's the only answer. <laughs> my mom uh to, while you know while she's tearing up too so you teared up too don't lie yeah I, I did i did and this is this is the guy who picked prison over the coma you can't be crying man <laughs> uh, but no i gotta hey before we continue on about this because you said your brother was there you know one of the things i did after we had you on was i started following your brother and um you know it's so interesting how he's followed in your footsteps going through the same journey you did um for those who don't know give an update on what's going on with your brother and, and him in baseball yeah so my so my brother is actually he's a tcs postgrad program that that i went to right now and it's a program out in 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 dallas texas and essentially just you know a place where you know you're strictly going to do baseball and pretty much i mean still can do some classes and and, and get some hours under your belt but is a place that, you know, you're going to get a lot of development. And so that's what ultimately we were looking for, for him. And, and it's something that, that helped me out, you know, tremendously and has, is, is really like a stepping stone at what, what got me here. And so uh, just, you know, you know, looking to hopefully, you know, work his way up and, and, and see what happens, you know. Um, well, and he's see, he seen what's happened because he saw you go through the same program and he just watched you get drafted by the White Sox. So, I mean, the blueprints there. Yeah, and I think something that's cool is like 
you know, it can be frustrating probably, you know, not having any offers out of high school as a young, as a kid like that. And, but having success stories to look forward to and, and especially, you know, especially it being your brother, I, you know, it's something we can kind of correlate with and, and, and he can be like, you know, this can be done and not, you know, get discouraged or, or anything like that. Absolutely. So you have this moment with your family, you know, what happens next? When, when do you have to be somewhere to sign papers? When does the next step happen? Where does it happen? Yeah. So basically I think uh, the draft was the 11th to the 13th of July and that July 19th, we flew out to Birmingham, Alabama. So they always do a kind of um, mini camp type deal with all the guys that get drafted, kind of to get their feet wet and, and kind of get, you know, figure out how the organization does, does things. So we go out to Birmingham, Alabama, which is where the Birmingham Barons play, which is the double a team for our organization oh man michael jordan played there everybody knows that come on now (laughs) yeah yeah so he's actually there's a huge like mural poster thing in the stadium of 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 uh michael jordan in in a baron's uniform so that's really cool but uh um so do that for about 10 to 14 days and then um head out to arizona which is where the spring training facility is also where the rookie ball team is and stuff like that get out there um you know do about a week or so of, of more like kind of bullpens a live ab setting and then that's when i got into starting my truly starting my professional career and, and throwing in my first pro game in, in uh, arizona in rookie ball yeah and i'm glad you let me know about that because then i was able to follow and i saw that you had a great first outing you know talk to us about what that's like you know just getting into that first outing, you know, you know, even though it's rookie ball, you know, nonetheless, you're, you're going against guys who are all trying to do the same thing as you and make it to the next level. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it, just such a cool feeling at the same time. Like, yeah, I got to put on a, a gray, you know, white socks uniform that pretty much looks just like the major league uniform and this and that. So, and, and put on the white socks hat, the like game hat and, just getting to do that is a really cool feeling like, you know, th- this is real and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm here, but, you know, still got more to do, but, you know, this is something I've worked for a long time for and, and, and just excited to, to embark on this journey and, and see where it goes. So stepping out there on, on, you know, my first outing was, you know, definitely had some adrenaline, you know, and uh, had some adrenaline just like I was pitching out at Swayze, to be honest. And, and so that was a cool feeling and, and, and just being able to, uh, to, to be a part of that and start that journey. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, we talked about that uh, pitching performance. How many times did you get to pitch this season overall? So I think, so every time I threw, I pretty much just threw, I, every time I threw, I did only throw one inning, you know, throw about, you know, twice, twice a week. So I think I finished with around 12 or 13 innings with 12 appearances. I'm pretty sure. So you know, pretty much from mid-August or early August till September 23rd was the last – or tw- September 19th was the last game, I believe. I got gotcha. you. And so, you know, this last question I got for you, uh, this this is one of the questions that, you know, Randy really likes to ask the, the guys because when you play in an elite-level SEC school – you know, your facilities are top notch. And even though you're going to a higher grade level of baseball, 
the facilities are not the same and you don't have a full sold out crowd at Swayze. What is it like, you know, with different facilities, different atmosphere going from where you were at at Ole Miss to going out there to Arizona Summer League? Yeah, and it's it's no it's no knock on on the facilities out there or anything. I think it just goes to show how pristine and how unreal some of these facilities are that we we have at our hands nowadays from from these SEC schools and and in colleges. Um, but going out there, man, I mean, there's still great facilities. And and when I went to go off to you know out in North Carolina and got to affiliate ball, there were still some times we had some good at like some pretty good atmospheres that was that were cool to be a part of and at the same time got to see some really cool stadiums that that have some character to them and and have you know a little bit of you know flair and, and have some tra- also some tradition to them you know and so that's cool that's cool to see and and that's cool to be a part of you know you know some things are sometimes it's hard to c- c- compare to a friday night sec game though be real with us how many pictures did you take of the michael jordan mural uh, I took one. I so, so I was walking on a, I was walking on the concourse, checking out the uh, checking out the stadium, and sure enough, like he was right there in front of my face, and it was basically hanging like from top of the top of the ceiling of the stadium to to the floor. And I took a actually took a picture on my Snapchat and put it on my Snapchat story. I thought it was you know really cool to to see, it was, and especially after seeing his his documentary that I've I've seen pretty. What was that? Probably a year ago now. It was over a year ago because, ironically, that's exactly why we started the podcast for a lot of reasons. But that's when we started the podcast was during the last dance. And all we did for like the first five weeks was just break down that whole episode. DB's favorite thing was Scottie Pippen talking about length. But that's another story for another day. (laughs) The longest player. He was long. Longest player. Long with a deep voice, man. He had DB going. So. Obviously, you know, you, you, you know, success, you know, everywhere you've been and we expect that same to continue now, but talk to us about what's going on now. What does a day look like for you now? You're in off season, you're training, doing your thing. What's it look like? Yeah. So actually I'm, I'm in Oxford, I'm back in Oxford, Mississippi right now. Uh, came back to work out here, you know, use these facilities we have and, and use the resources I have from the coaches to, to our strength coach to, you know, be also be around other other people that are playing pro ball and, 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 you know, just keep on, you know, pushing yourself in that nature. So really just, uh, I took about a week off after, after my, uh, season ended and, and I was at home and just hung out with my family and, and got to, got to see my parents and, and just enjoy a little bit of just, uh, uh, you know, resting and, and enjoying some life with them. And then now, uh, I've come out here and to back or back to Oxford and, um, just doing, just basically today was my first day to work out actually. Um, cause I got here, th- I got here this past weekend. Um, so today just got up, worked out at 9.00 AM, uh, not really throwing right now, taking a break from throwing and got, you know, got my lift done around 10, went and actually socialized with the coaches for a little bit, you know, get to catch up with them, which is re- just really cool to, 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 to be on that side of things now and, and get to catch up with them. And, and then, um, man got home and cooked some lunch and really have been at home the whole day and and just uh just you know you know kicking it and and, and hanging out and enjoying some some time off at the same time yeah no doubt you gotta have that balance so what's it like what an advantage for 
you know, the the current players, right, to have some guys like you. And, and the question I have is, like, obviously I'm sure you had some of that too. Were there guys in the facilities when you were at Ole Miss that were going through the same process you're going through now? Yeah, um, not so much my last year I with, you know, barring COVID, COVID situations and stuff like that, but definitely my two falls before that, you know, got to see a, a lot of great Ole Miss players come back and, and get to be around them and and at times get to hang out with them outside of the ba- baseball field and, and just, you know, cool feeling of, of um, just seeing those guys who are pro guys. And, and it makes definitely pushes you and makes you want to become well, that, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've been able to catch any of the football games while you've been back or you've been back long enough for that? No. So I literally got here Friday. Um, got to watch got to watch baseball inter squad on Friday. Got to watch them play Alabama. The like they did an SEC fall game on Saturday, which was really cool. And um, then obviously this weekend was a, a away football game, which didn't didn't come out on top which is yeah. which hurts it hurts didn't, but didn't go, didn't go their way but no um so no i haven't gotten the chance and i'm very excited for 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 my next opportunity to and to go see the grove again because it's been a very long time since i've been in the grove as well with with what happened last year and stuff like that yeah so a lot of excitement obviously and i know you're going to be biased when you answer this question but i mean the young team coming in right i mean we're thinking like they should be competing for the sec right that's the goal every year i would assume Absolutely. And, and I think the biggest thing is going to be the, just I, the offense is going to be incredible. I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. And I mean, you didn't, we didn't lose an offensive player. So are we, they, they now. No, it's still we, you, you can say we, you can still <laughs> yeah, say we. We didn't, we didn't lose an offensive player. And I mean, I, I've been keeping up with them on Twitter. I even watched them play. They can swing it pretty well. I will say. I got to put you on the spot, Taylor, and I, and I apologize in advance. But, you know, the reason for the Ben Van Cleve, Daniel Ball beef was because, you know, he called all pitchers like dummies or something, right? Yeah. So, and last year they came back to bite him. He said he was going to hit double-digit home runs. I think he ended up with, uh, you know, maybe zero. I don't know. Tell me, is he coming off the snot? Is he going to hit double-digit home runs this year? I, I hope he does. Okay, that's not very committal, but I'll take it. But he's doing what he did last sake. year in the fall. But Taylor, for his I, sake, he better. Taylor, but I see he why he did that. pitchers dumb. Yeah, but Taylor, I see why he said that last year. He's doing exactly what he did last fall. He's hitting bombs like crazy right now in fall. He's just no, gonna he make that happen in the spring. Absolutely, and I, I think I think it's it, I think it it can happen, and I think he has the ability to. I just we'll see. I, I mean, I got it. I got it in his head. I mean, I, 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 that's what happened. Oh man, man. So we'll talk about some of these other guys. These other guys, old Miss guys. Are they back too? Like Nikhazy, Gunner, all those guys. Are they back too in the facilities working out? Yeah. So I'm actually with Doug right now, uh, staying with him, and he's working, uh, working out here. And then um, one, one player that played a couple years ago, I believe, in Wyatt Short. He's a lefty, lefty pitcher. Um, it's just us three right now, actually. I think some are going to start trickling in here in the next month or so, um, barring their instructs and, and other, you know, things they may have going on. And so uh, should get a decent, decent crew out here from what I was told. So, you know, excited to see some of those guys, some, some guys I played with in, 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 in years past. So, yeah. 
Excellent, man. That's obviously great leadership to have around. I'll end it on this, man. What is the one thing Taylor Broadway's got to improve upon to keep climbing that ladder? Oh, I think just uh, just my overall craft. I mean, I think in a sense, and 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 I guess this is kind of in a hole, but it can go from I think body composition to strength and conditioning. I think that's going to be two of the biggest things for me that are going to excel my game because I, I believe I already have, I believe I have good enough stuff, but it can get better, but better in the sense of from how my, you know, my body is and how my body moves and how, you know, and, and, and kind of in that nature and breaking down in order to excel my stuff even more on the field. So that's just something I'm going to focus on. And that's something I'm going to hit hard definitely during this off season, especially while I'm not throwing. And especially while I can just, you know, lift, you know, as much as I can, but in the, in the right, you know, way. And then, and then from nutrition to, to sleep and just in recovery and, and that whole aspect, I think is something I've seen becoming a, a professional baseball player that can go a very long way from some of the greatest players that I've heard from and can see how they do, you know, how that they do those things in order to be great. Look Not at Tom Brady. He's like 50 and he's yeah. still like kicking it because he keep, takes care of his body. You're right. A hundred percent. And, and not that, not that it's, I'm, I'm terrible at it, but I think something I can improve at. Right. You know, always. Yeah. A hundred percent. What? I heard you just say it. You just called yourself a professional baseball player. How does it feel to say, to say those words, knowing like, you know, as a kid, like this was a dream, and now here you are. Like, obviously, like, you're not where you, where the end goal is, but 100. You're right there. 100. percent But I think just being able to sit back and say, like, you know, I've always been told, like, from my parents and stuff like that, they do something you love. Well, it's really cool to sit back and be like, I truly am. My job is truly something I love to do. And that's just one of the cooler things to sit back and be able to say. And, and, you know, in the sense I have, I haven't made it, but like I've made it to definitely something that I can be very proud of. Right. And something that, that I've worked very hard for. So definitely a cool, really cool feeling. Well, we're proud of you, man. And we, we love the journey. We love the story. So, you know, we're going to let you bounce. If there's absolutely if there's anything that we can do for you along the way, please reach out to us, man. Um, enjoy your, your, your brief time off, but you know, you know, enjoy that catch up with your friends, check out some old miss action. And man, like I said, let's bring you back on before you guys get heated up real good. And, and we'll, we'll talk about, you know, what's, what's in store for you. Sounds great. I, I thank y'all for having me again. And, and, you know, I love coming on here and y'all do a great job. So I appreciate y'all having me again. You got it, man. That's Taylor Broadway. Y'all check them out at White Sox on Instagram at Taylor under, underscore Broadway 07 on Instagram. We're going to take a break. We're going to plug our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk some headlines. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society and 
You know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place, maybe whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Lee Watts. Easy Flea Tattoos. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find him at 1731 Dancy Boulevard in Horn Lake. Number is 662-280-0763. All right, boys. So you know I've struggled with pain. You know I've struggled with weight loss. You know I've struggled with anxiety, and you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary. Pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. Leading off, we got Major League Baseball and this might be the last time that we lead off with it because we're in the World Series. We're three games to two. Game six coming up tomorrow night. The Astros win last night to cut the cut the distance on the Braves. Braves still up three games to two. And I'll start with you, Jim. Give me, you know, just a synopsis of the series and where do you think it's headed? Well, I got to start with your boy because you have been a Charlie Morton guy. You've loved him even though he's left Tampa. And it's a big part of now what's going to happen going forward, right? Because the Braves don't have Charlie Morton. But let's just shout out your boy real quick. How many – forgive me for not having – was it 16 pitches, 19 pitches? I don't know. Randy, your numbers got – 16. 16 pitches – on a broken leg, man. Shout out Uncle Charlie, bro. Because despite what Ben Van Cleef said, pitchers are tough. That's right, baby. That, I'm going to bring that example up. Next week when he's on, I'm going to let him know that. That that Kurt Schilling sock picture went around, and they said Kurt Schilling ain't got nothing on Charlie Morton. Well, that's because Kurt Schilling faked it. Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> real. But – to the, to the question you asked me, um, that changed up things a lot, right? So there's a lot of pressure now on Freed to, to, to get it done. You're obviously going back to Houston, um, and, you know, he didn't look very good in his last outing, and you don't have Morton going. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, they're up three to two. Um, I told you I thought when they were in Houston, I thought it was going to be good that they were going to have Solaire in the lineup. and you know, guys, I like to toot my own horn anytime I'm right. And that dude hit a leadoff bomb on the, the very first at bat of the World Series, which I'm surprised that's never been done before, just with as long as um, the World Series has been going on. But, you know, Atlanta has the power, but so does, so does Houston. That's why this whole pitching thing, it matters. So um, I'm nervous that, you know, if Free can't go out there and get it done, um, Anderson will be on short rest. He has looked phenomenal, um, but I, I don't know. Because short rest? He only he only pitched three innings. <laughs> I know. Fact. It is a fact, but, like, it's still – he did. He also only pitched the – was it four innings the previous outing or whatever because they pulled him for a pitch hitter, which actually ended up working out. Um, that was what led to the Rosario three-yard – or three uh, 
run bomb. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but I really feel like they need to get it done in six. I know I know that uh, when y'all get a chance to, to come back on this, y'all are probably both going to agree. If it gets to seven, I just don't feel good about it. I don't – I personally don't feel good about it now. The golden opportunity was last night, and they gave a, it away. In a bullpen game, though? I mean, I understand the lead you're talking about, but you expected great things in a bullpen game? Yeah, because you did exactly what you have to do in a bullpen game is jump out and get a big lead, and that's what happened. And what it is is I think they got too big of a lead too early, and the Astros are going to score runs. It's just it's not if, it's when. Um, but here, here's the thing. You have, you have an opportunity to put those guys away in your home city. You don't do it. Now you go to a game six where you don't have – your your guy, big game Charlie Morton. Um, the Astros are probably like live, loving life because they they know that they have that in their back pocket. Uh, Freeze got his got some work to do. the The crowd is going to be pumped. I mean, they're going to head back. They're going to head back to Houston, and it's it's going to be it's going to be a battle. I'm not saying it can't be done, but like to me, I think the series drastically turned last night randy what do you think yeah i think so too and and i and i was telling some people i was talking to about this the astros never panicked i mean this is a team that's been here and done this Uh, they've made these comebacks they got down in the red sox series even this year they just i mean they're made for this carlos correa jose altive those guys have been there bregman uh he had been struggling a little bit made big plays when it mattered and, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but I think you start having, if you're the Braves, you can have that little bit of doubt. Like they were up 3-1 in a series against the Dodgers just last year. And it was similar to this to go back to, you know, on the road and it, you know, kind of flake out. I think the Braves can get it done, but I think that the Astros, the dangerous part is they never feel like they're out of a game and they certainly don't feel like they're out of a series with the bats that they have. And they have performers all the way down through that lineup and, you're going back to the American League ballpark where you're going to have a DH in place, so it takes a subpar fielder out of the out of play um, defensively. I think everything's kind of swinging the Astros' way right now, so I think the Braves got to come out and you know they got to get Ozzy to start hitting. They got Dansby's got to start hitting. I mean, obviously Austin and Freddie have been doing their thing, and Rosario he's hitting like four hundred and something, four twelve, I think. But, so they just got to get some guys hitting. But let me ask you a question, Randy, since you brought up Rosario, because I was actually going right there. Um, you believe? Do you believe when something's not broke, you don't fix it? Right, yes. Yeah, well, look at the stats of when he bats leadoff versus when he bats fifth. For whatever reason, they made that lineup change and put him to leadoff instead of when he was batting fifth. And when he was batting fifth was when he was absolutely putting astronomical numbers. He's still putting up good numbers, but they're not the same. Why would you make that lineup change? I'm gonna ask you, like, why would you make that lineup change when there when you won the first couple games without it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because I mean, he's still, I mean, his numbers haven't dipped a whole whole lot. He's still batting 412. I mean, that's but he was hitting bombs. This is a difference between hitting a single and hitting bombs and doubles like crazy. Yeah, I don't. I think that's the least of their worries. But I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree. I just think that they can't. He's still producing at a high clip no matter where he is. You got to get some guys that you expect to perform your middle infield offensively. They got to do something. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you, let me ask you guys this. Uh, if I told you though, 
because it, it seems like y'all are both feeling like Houston's got all the momentum, which they do. If you can get six out of Freed and get to Matzik, um, Mentor, and Smith, I mean, with the lead, the Braves should have this thing, right? No. Because yeah. that bullpen all year long has been suspect. I don't think that they've Not had a great the playoff run. Though. I hear you, but that's a, that we're talking about 15 games, not 162. I believe in what I see over a lot. And I, here's the thing. The Astros don't care who's on the bump. They really don't. It does not matter to any of those guys who's on the bump. And they've proven they can get to those guys. I mean, look at the last one that Freed was out on. If they do have the lead late, I mean, if it's a close game, I just think that I have to lean towards Houston because I've seen them do that too many times. Yeah, I um... – I agree with that. Um, I, I think that those guys are going to have to have a big, big pitching performance. Um, one that you is surprising even for a guy like Freed to have um, maybe seven innings strong with a, a, a three, one lead four one lead going into the eight. I think. You get something like that, knowing that this is the last outing that he's going to pitch. You max him out. You you get as much as you can. You don't pull a Kevin Cash and pull your guy too early, and you, you let it ride and see what happens. But if they got Uncle Charlie, it's completely another. It's a different story. You're going on the road. You trust that guy to do his thing. I, I just, and I'm not saying the Braves won't. I hope they do close it out. Char- I'm just saying Charlie right. Morton owns the Astros. He does, he's, I, and he's a he's a performer when it matters the most. I think I think even with the momentum swing, not not the fandom thing. I honestly, I just I feel like Freed's going to redeem himself. I feel I feel good about um, the bullpen to close it down. I mean, Smith hasn't been hasn't been got to yet, um, but you know, obviously, you got to get to the ninth to get to him. And I think they're going to get enough get enough done offensively. I got a question for you guys about our boy Austin. Um, have you know he's kind of had a trend now? Last night he 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 went three for four, it was different, but in every other game, he's had like an RBI double in the first inning and then hadn't had a hit the rest of the game. Why, what's with the dip, man? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I didn't play baseball, like, man, you come out stroking and then all of a sudden, like, and then he doesn't hit the rest of the game. Well, what happened to situations? And then, obviously, you, you're you going to have an approach the first inning, but you are not maybe as dialed in in the first inning. You're trying not to give up any runs to guys like Freddie Freeman, not let him beat you. So, Austin, the byproduct of that is Austin gets better pitches to hit. Um, did, you, did you guys know, I'm going back just a little bit to Rosario, that he has – he hasn't hit a home run since like game four of the NLCS. Yeah, no, he's. I mean, he's like you said, he hasn't dipped like significantly, but it, I mean, he's he's he hasn't hit a home run in this series. Nope. But I mean, he's still. But to your point, he oh, he's he, killing it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's st- he's still hitting. And then I mean, um, it's about and it's really about them hitting all at the same time. Um, you know. Each game, if you look, every one of those guys in the top half has has had a huge game. They don't seem to be all at the same time because, you know, Freddie can hit one for you, Austin hit one for you, Solaire, whatever. Um, Jock has slumped 
unfortunately. Jocktober is is over currently at the moment. We are in November now. Bro, that ain't a slump ain't even a word for what my man's doing. He came out with that great article and that it has been crazy bar the door since then. Shouldn't have, so he shouldn't have smoked, you're saying? He should have just, he said he was that motherfucker and then he ain't been that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? You, if you talk to talk, you better walk the walk. Time to lose the pearls. Pearls gotta go. Yeah, better give them pearls to the girls because it's it's nut cutting time. <laughs> well, are we, do, are we gonna I, do predictions? Yeah, I got uh, give me your prediction and then I got one question for you and then I'll get Randy's prediction. I got one question for him. All right, my prediction is going to be the Braves are going to win it in game six. And I think the guy who comes up clutch, he, he did it the other – or last game. It's not going to be the front half, guys. It's going to – I think it's going to be Duvall again. Just don't ask me why. It's not because of recency, guys. Like, I like that dude where he's at in the order. He's the guy that no one kind of pays attention to, and he's the dude who can hit, take a long ball at any point. All right, so you took the Braves. You got them winning the next game, winning the World Series. In order for them to do that, what do they have to come out and do in, in game six to win? Well, it's the very thing that you said they did in game five, but blue. But the difference is, is it's not a bullpen game. You should have a guy that's out there that can hold you. But you got to come out there and strike early. I mean, in the games that they won prior to the last game, you know they have came out and, and got to them early. They did in game one and game two. So, I mean – they, the formula hasn't changed. You got to come out and score runs and score runs early. And they have, they have the firepower to do that. Um, but, you know, we've talked to, or Randy talked about it. It's, you know, it's got to be in the back of their minds, that three, one thing. And you are back in their stadium and it's going to be loud. And so ner nerves are a crazy thing. All right, Randy, who you got? I'm going to go against everything I said. I'm going to pick the Braves to win. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that it's gonna be Ozzy. He's due. All right. In the, in the event, because I think the Astros are gonna win, I'm gonna take them in Game Seven. Um, Randy, if the Astros win, it's all forgiven, or are they still a questionable, sketchy team? Um, and they'll be even more hated than they are right now. But I don't think – I think what they can do is pump up the Eli Manning double birds to MLB and say we are – we are who we said we were. You know, a little, little uh, – they, they, I mean, I, I think that this team every, – everybody that says, you know, they only won because they cheated. I mean, that – every single baseball team in the freaking world cheats. That's just the way it rolls. Pitchers especially. Isn't it like steroids, that. Randy? The guys who – would use the roids and start hitting bombs. We're hitting bombs beforehand. They just start hitting more bombs. Just hitting more bombs. And I mean, you know, I, I line up. Look, they're the they're the fun team to hate because of the whole trash can thing. But that team is elite. How many times do we have to see Correa and Altuve hit a clutch double or a home run before we're like, you know what, these dudes are just that elite? Yep. Any other team that would be doing that, we would call them elite. But I mean, because of the the sketch issues that are following them, we're we're removing them them from that pedestal. Um, you know, baseball's a, a a really tough game, and at the end of it, you still got to put bat to ball. You still got to catch the ball. You still got to throw it. There, it there's no 
deal of cheating that's going to allow you to physically do those things. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll see how it plays out. But next week, um, we'll probably lead off with baseball for the last time, and we'll we'll recap it. But we'll definitely have a winner. So transitioning to NBA, Randy, I want to get your take on the Grizzlies. Give me an update. They they won tonight. They improved their record. They're um, four and three. They, you know, give give me the outlook so far and and, and what you're thinking. I mean, other than I think they had, um, you know, two games against Portland and Chicago that they, you know, it was really over before it started. They just came out, looked flat, um, looked tired. I heard a lot of talk about why they came out in the Bulls game flat, went to a concert Friday night um, and just came out flat. You know, Taylor Jenkins was being, you know, the players coach thing. He said, look, I'm going to give you the shoot around off. You guys go have fun. But then they rewarded him by coming out with a piss poor effort against the, uh, the bulls. And you don't do that against Jimmy Butler. I mean, I mean, not the bulls, the heat. Um, you don't do that against Jimmy Butler, man. You don't do that. He'll make you pay. They gave away all open. The defense looked putrid. The, the heat hit like 70% of their three. So I think the other than those two games, you have to say it's a success. You went out on the West coast, you split that. I mean, I don't think there's really much bad. You can talk about a lot of talk about triple J. He has to improve. He has to, you don't, a guy like that, I'm not even talking about the money. That put the money aside. That's the guy that you've anchored your your future to. That's your number two guy behind Ja. He has to perform better, and he knows that. And if he's not hitting threes, he's got to do other things. He's got to rebound. He's got to play solid defense. And we haven't seen that yet. So we got to see some improvement there. Hey, my 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 greatest question for you is because I heard a lot of talk about it on the radio. Is Desmond Bain when he comes back? Are you sliding Brooks to the three? And is he your starter now with the way he's playing? Um, no, no, Brooks is going to start, but I, I personally think they need to stop playing Kyle Anderson so much and they need to play that's Desmond spot. And I think you could really, if you go with Ja, I mean, you really could go Ja, Bain, Brooks, Ja, Brooks, Bain, J, Triple J. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Would you do now at this point? Because I mean, Bain provides you with that shooting. True, but I think with what you get with Melton, and I think what Bain gets you, even if you have Brooks come off the bench, you need somebody to come off the bench that can get you some points um, and some moments, and I think that that's really why they'll have Bain coming off the bench for that spark because Melton is going to go back. He'll go back to the bench for sure. Then you'll be coming in with a multi-guard lineup. I think they'll probably just slide Brooks in, and then they'll roll out. Bain's going to come off the bench for that because he is shoot. He is the only – he – everybody talks about Ja for rightfully so – but Desmond Bain has been the most consistent player on this Grizzlies team through seven games. So, Jim, you you get to cheer for the Lakers, and I haven't had a haven't had a chance to really talk to you. Is it are you warming up to that idea, um, or is it still tough for you? I mean, it's still tough for me. A couple games, LeBron didn't play, um, so it made it easier, but. Um, I'm just, I've always disliked them. Um, you know, even when it was like Randy said, it was hating greatness when it was Kobe because, you know, Kobe was doing his thing and, you know, LeBron is LeBron. Um, it's, uh, it's where it's worse than Houston and Harden, bro. Um, it, it really is. And then what really makes it worse is the actual basketball. Um, they keep saying, I'm listening to analysts say they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. 
I have watched Russell Westbrook every single game. This is the first year where I haven't watched like every single game. And so to guys who played the game, to guys who are analysts who get paid a lot of money and I don't, um, I feel like when it comes to watching Russell Westbrook, I know more than them. And I'm, I'm telling them right now, if he cannot have his hands on the ball every play, I don't see this working. So I, And that's why he went off in the games LeBron wasn't playing. So I don't know how this works. I just, I just, I just don't. And, um, you know, the interesting part is, you know, we were just talking about the bench thing with the Grizzlies and we all know how important a bench is, right? Like Mello, since that's my other guy in the, in the two games where they really rolled, he was phenomenal off the bench. He's been feast or famine. Mello, it's also going to depend on his consistency as far as how they go. We know what LeBron does. We know what Davis does. And I think it's smart what they're doing with LeBron. Um, you know, you asked me if I liked him or not, but I might as well give the Lakers breakdown. They're giving him nights off already early in the season because they have the players and the energy to do it now. And we all know that it doesn't matter to them if they get the one seed. So it does work having Russ doing that and giving LeBron nights off. Um, this team is going to be good, but I don't – I mean, Randy, you think about this, man. Think about clutch moments. There was trouble with KD and Russ, right, on who was going to have the ball. Can you imagine this scenario when they get to the playoffs and LeBron is demanding the ball from Russ and Russ is telling him F you? Yeah, well, that won't – well, LeBron ain't KD, homie. That ain't happening. LeBron well, you, will get, you, he'll you, get his ass traded mid-game. Right, yeah, but you know Russ – but on the flip side, it's not like Russ is going to bat out to him. Russ is, Russ is going to do him. He won't, but he needs to the, – the only way that it's going to work, I said it before this all started, is if Russ accepts the – because he's not number two on this team. He's number three. I mean, he need, he's going to have to accept that role, probably run point, but it's going to get to a point with – like, it's LeBron's team. Like, there's no question. LeBron – it's not the team telling LeBron, hey, take some nights. It's LeBron saying, hey, I'm going to load manage. I'm yeah. going to do this. And LeBron only – he brought Russell Westbrook in. It wasn't like – the front off, you know what I mean? Nothing happens yeah. with the Lakers unless LeBron says so. Yeah, I wish the load management thing was in game. And as much as Russ wouldn't want to come off the bench, when you when you look at what like him and Carmelo can bring, and then the fact that LeBron is ball dominant, I actually wish they lessened LeBron's minutes during the game. And Russ did come off the bench and got you know more minutes than your typical bench player. And it kind of went that way. But obviously, we know Russ, you're not gonna pay somebody 40 million dollars a year to come off the bench. And I think too, you're going to see the Lakers are like right now. They're the only there's only three players averaging over 30 minutes a game, and that's Russ, AD, and LeBron, obviously. And they're playing, but they're playing like all their guys. They're playing like 15 dudes. They're even playing Dwight Howard, sorry ass. Like I mean, they're playing everybody. So that's going to shorten up as the season goes on, or whenever LeBron decides he doesn't want it to happen no more. All right, Jim, I got I got a question. What's what's the most surprising thing? Seven, eight games into the season. Is it the Bulls, the Heat, and the Knicks, you know, sitting atop the East? Is it the Bucks at three and four sitting towards the bottom? Is it the Suns or the Clippers sitting at the bottom? What's the biggest surprise right now? Or is I was waiting for you. To, I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to say it, and you never actually got to it. It's the New Orleans Pelicans sitting at one and six. That is. Yeah. Because the reason why we, we expect it, that's us. Every year coming into the season, we hear the Pelicans are going to take that step, right? They're finally going to take that step. 
it ain't happening. And, you know, we had that conversation where Kendrick tried to say, if I was the Pelicans, I would have took Jaw said it draft night, and then Randy found it where he did not say that. And that's what this really boils down to. Like, you got a guy who has, you know, issues with his body, and then you got a He's guy like – fat as hell. I was trying not to say that. And you got a guy like Jaw who does Jaw like things, and I don't know what his average is right now. Last I checked, he was averaging 35 points a game, whatever. Anyway, and that's the difference. That's why your Grizzlies are in the playoffs uh, seating, and that's why the Pelicans are one of six. But that would be the biggest one. And then the other one um, is I thought the Knicks kind of like – and it's still early in the season. I kind of thought the Knicks were um, fool's gold last year, and here they are, five and two, sitting in the three spot in the East start again. And maybe at some point I got to start to give them some credit. What it – I know what y'all better start Wizards? talking about the Miami Heat. That's what y'all better start. We know, about. but we know the Heat are good. We picked the Heat to finish hey, second. And look East at that. Look at look at look down that line right there. Look at that points against everybody in the mid one. Look at them boys. Ninety seven again. That defense is elite. Daniel, I think we both because when remember our picks are very similar. Did we not both pick the Heat to finish second in the East? Okay, so Randy, th- there's no due it's, to be given. We know how good they are. It's a struggle though because I I really hate Kyle Lowry. <laughs> and it's the Wizards Dang. get get rid of Westbrook, and now they're sitting five right. and two. Right, well, that, ha- that I, happens, I, man. Daniel, talk to me about the Bulls, man, because you said that they had the pieces; they could do it, man. What's up? Hey, I mean, I, I can't say that I've watched many Chicago Bulls games this this season, but I mean, look, when you're three and zero away, like. That tells you that you're you're figuring it out, and then you you mix in some three and one at home. Like, come on now, like that's, Alex Caruso, baby. Yeah, that's what's up. I mean, six and one, right there. The last seven games. I mean, hey, maybe the Lakers should have kept him and not got Russ. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Russ Lander right now because I don't. I don't like the way it's set up. I would rather watch him just be ball dominating, get triple doubles, and not get a title at this point. No, come on now. No, Randy, Randy, what was my favorite season? Oh, it was a fact. The 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 Thunder after KD, he just balled out. I think he was MVP or something. Right? He was the MVP, and they lost him five games in the first round. <laughs> yeah. I was okay with it, whatever. I mean, at this point in his career, you you would rather him see rather see him just ball out than the- well because Russ isn't to Jim what Jim's saying. Russ isn't going to take the back seat, and he just he he has never he didn't do it for the the. For KD, he ain't, he ain't going to do it. Look, my favorite player growing up as a kid was Dan Marino, and he didn't get a ring. Maybe this is just the way it is. But it doesn't have to be. <laughs> all he's, all he's got to do is sit on the coattails and just ride it out, man. Bro, he's got a switch that turns on when he hits a basketball court that is worse than the switch that I have when I get mad. That dude ain't going to have nobody rationalize anything to him. I mean, not even the, the arguably the best player the king, ever. The king. Respect your king. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. I, as much as I like as a Christian, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it, but I do. Gary, when he says respect your king, Lord and Savior, is, is always been kind of a funny tagline, he says. Yeah. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's move on to some college football. So, took a week off, and we won't go back and dissect that week. I'll just give you an update 
on the the standings. Hey, just so you know, I had what games I would have picked. I'm so glad. I would have just dug myself deeper. I just want to be clear. So the week off did, did not hurt me at all. No, so you know that that week you had you had won three games. So your your total right now is 14. That week, Randy and I went undefeated. We had six points for both of us. Randy has 25 total points. I have 28. So, Jim, you're in last with 14 points. Randy's in second with 25, and I'm in first with 28. Um, Before we get to the picks for this week, I just want to talk coaches, all right? Um, First and foremost, Randy, Dan Mullen, is this just what he is at Florida, four and four? I mean – Yes, it is. And that's who Dan Mullen was at Mississippi State. The difference is expectation level. You can go eight and four at Mississippi State and get a lifetime contract. If you go eight and four in Jort Country, Gainesville, Florida, they want to fire you. And it's the difference. I think this is who he is. I mean, he's a lot of smack talking, a lot of up in your face, but at the end of the day, dude is average. Do you think do you think he owes Dak Prescott a little love for maybe getting him to Florida because that was their best year? It, it was, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, you got, I mean, you could say the same thing for Kevin Sumlin and a lot of guys, right? I mean, I think that that gives a lot of credit to Dan Mullen and deservedly so. They got a great, seems like a great relationship, but I don't think, like we've said it before, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. They couldn't decide. And it almost was, I felt like Dan Mullen listened to his fan base and they kept saying, play the young kid, play the young kid. So in the Georgia game, as bad as that game was going, he was just not going to pull him until he got hurt. And I feel like he was doing it to prove a point. Yeah, I mean, here's here's what I, I do understand, like, from a coach's standpoint when it comes to those decisions. You are the coach, and you are hired by the university to win games. And if you you don't look good if you do what everybody's telling you to do, and it goes south, you still look the same. If it goes good, you look awful. So you stick with your guns and you hope for the best. And at the end of the day, your decisions, right, wrong, and different, if you get fired, it's you. It's nobody else, it's you. So like, if I'm getting hired for the job, then I'm gonna live and die by my choices. That's my team. I'm gonna run it the way that, that I feel like I, I see fit. Um, but I think for Dan Mullen, and in this case, when you go play Georgia and they really just not they, – they embarrass you, then the heat comes. I mean, this will be back-to-back. It looks like they'll probably win their next four. That will put them at eight and four on the season. That's back-to-back eight and four years. That's not going to cut it. It's just nope. not going to cut it. That, hey, yeah, that I know, puts you on the hot seat. Hey, speaking of hot seat, I know where you're probably going next. Please tell me because you scrolled there. Tell me you're going to the guy who's two and nine against ranked teams. I'm going to that dude Jim ain't going Harbaugh. Nowhere. That's that's who I'm talking about. They brought that stat up this morning. Since he's the coach of Michigan, he is two and nine against ranked teams. Is so all right. Here's my first question. Are the expectations that people are putting on Michigan too high? No. They put that on themselves. 
I I agree with that. Now, the only team that's supposed to, or not even supposed to beat you, but it's it like it's expectable to beat you is supposed to be Ohio State. The only thing that could say make Jim Harbaugh in this situation look any better is if Michigan State goes undefeated. Then you go. But shout out to Kenneth Walker, though. My man, Arlington's own Kenneth Walker, Heisman candidate, two star prospect. Man, hey, shout out to Kenneth Walker for being the topic of conversation on Memphis radio and running John Martin into the biggest wall he'll run into by saying Michigan State's quarterback or Michigan State's coach. He couldn't get the job at LSU. What coach goes from Michigan State to LSU? Oh my God! I was I was there like John. You know they got that clip, Randy. He goes John, John, John. I was like, he did not say that. The greatest coach ever did that. Yeah, I mean Kenneth Walker, twenty three carries, one hundred and ninety seven yards, five touchdowns. Like for Michigan to be Michigan, like Kenneth Walker just fucking owned you like just Dang, he said, went with it give me the ball because they can't stop me um you know that's pretty much the two coaches that I, I really wanted to hit on i'm i'm a little disappointed in smu i was hoping that they would pull off a victory and they probably should have they had an they opportunity Hey, I got to go back real quick. We're talking about John Moore calling him out. Shout out to Jessica Benson, Memphis own, because when she was the preps reporter uh, for the local news station, she said then, Kenneth Walker, remember that name. You'll hear it a lot. And I don't know if she saw this coming, but the guy was special at Arlington, didn't get a lot of love, two-star, goes to Wake Forest, transfers to Michigan State. But what that kid has been able to do is remarkable. And we just got to highlight – high character dudes like that every chance we get hey stop I mean, Daniel. look at look at wake forest though like think if they had him eight no number 13 in the country man hey so that game right there did you guys know that there's only one team in the country that has three top 25 victories under their belt and it's actually mississippi state can you imagine had they not Drop the ball against LSU, and by drop the ball, like Memphis and LSU both beat them outright. Like, but like if you look at the way Mississippi State has played since, and you look at the way LSU and Memphis has played since, you wonder if they would have had things figured out earlier. Their only loss would be to Bama, but they got three top twenty-five wins. But uh, I'll bring up that game only because the baseball players we've had five of them on here, so we'd be remiss if mentioned those boys got their ring at the halftime ceremony. And Will Levis, who trolled me, threw three interceptions. Had to throw that out there. Man. All right. Let's 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 talk this week. We got to get back into predictions. We got to get back into the contest. We got week 10 coming at us. Where is the game of the week? It, Liberty, LSU, Ole Miss, Q <laughs> Freeze, Liberty, Ole Miss. It ain't LSU, uh, Alabama, bro. Game of the century. Auburn, Texas A&M. It's got to be Auburn, Texas A&M. It's the only yeah. top 25 matchup. All right. Tennessee, Kentucky, little brother. That will be a big game. All right, Auburn. We got Auburn and Texas A&M. Jim, do you want to go first or do you want to go last? 
You're in last place. I want to go last on this one. All right. I'm going to take... Ooh, A&M's the favorite. Four and a half. They're, that 12th man. Playing in College Station, though. Mississippi State beat them there. All right. Al- give Alabama me... didn't. Yeah. Ooh. Very true. Tell you what. Give me, yep, give me Bo Nix. I'll take it. I'll take the Auburn Tigers. I'm not sold on. Hey, and and bringing up the LSU thing, guys, we talked about it in real time. Bo Nix, like, coming out party was after he got benched in the game before LSU, and then he's been turned up ever since. Like, coaches take note. When guys struggling, just bench that ass and then see what he does when he bring him back. That's it. All right, Randy. Who are you taking? This is a really because I don't really believe in either team. But Me neither. It was yeah. Flipping a coin, basically. Yeah. I like A and M's defense. I like that they're at home. Uh, but I don't. I mean, they have back to back losses, and then they did beat Alabama, but then they play Missouri and South Carolina, two of the worst teams in the SEC. Big wins. Ah, give me Auburn. And I don't really believe in it. So wait, y'all both picked Auburn? You gotta you gotta go A and M. You gotta make yeah. it. I was here. I was gonna pick Auburn, but not anymore. Give me A and M. Got to. Gotta find I mean, I can't be any worse if I do get it wrong. Like, I mean, I'm in the dumps, so we gotta we gotta make bold moves. Very true. All right, Jim. Less than seven points. Who are you taking? Where are you going? Who you got? Ooh, look at that. Wake Forest. Hit it. Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. That's got that game. That line's got to be more. No, my goodness. Two and a half. My goodness. In UNC's favor. That's ridiculous. I can't believe Wake, they're getting two and a half points. That is crazy. Randy, I, if you don't take the the game that I expect you to take, I'm gonna be so disappointed in you. I don't know. All right, Rand- All right Randy, who you got? I am less, going less than seven. I'm going in my lifetime. Thirty-seven years old. I've only seen Tennessee lose to Kentucky three times. Three times in my life. I'm going Vols in a big, big win on the road in Lexington, Kentucky. It's the only way to go. You got to go that game. Basically, an even, even line. That's fine. That's fine, DB. They, we should be favored because we own that ass. They beat these cats when they had Jeremy Pruitt as their. They beat these cats when they had Derek Dooley as their coach. They beat these cats when Butch Jones was a. They just beat these cats. Derek Dooley. <laughs> Derek Dooley. Ooh, there's a line that's even more intriguing than any of the ones we picked. I hope Daniel don't find it. I mean, I hope I'm you gonna, don't go Memphis over. I'm, I'm going to find it. Michigan State Purdue is the one I'm referring to. That's the one I was talking about earlier. How Last are they? On, how are they only as a nine and team, or eight and team? Excuse me, my bad. How are they only a three point favorite against five and three Purdue? The last time the highly ranked team was going up against Purdue, and I. 
bet them. <laughs> they Iowa. lost. Iowa. So. Give me Michigan State. Give them to me. I'm taking them. It's not going to happen to you twice. That's what you're saying. No, that's that. I'm going with that. I'm sick and tired of losing to Purdue. All right. And now, seven or more. I'll go ahead and pick this one, too. Let's see. I mean, like, this one right here just says, me week. Hmm. Scroll on back up. Let's take a look at these. That's it right there. Give me, give me oh, old, old Miss. Give me old Miss. Over oh my! That was a game I was going to. I mean, coming off a loss. They gonna they gonna put up points. I don't know. Liberty probably put up points. That's Hugh Freeze comeback game. Give give me Ole Miss. All right, Randy, who you got? Ohio I, State. I mean, and, that, yes, that's, I'm gonna. That's that's, 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 that's where I'm going. Ohio State over Nebraska. They are back to covering spreads. Jeffrey Wright has talked about the excitement that he gets from it. They've covered five straight, I think he said. I mean, I think I think Scott Frost is a blowout away from being – his bags are probably packed. Yeah, he'll walk away with like a cool $100 million. Shit, they... Poor guy. Yeah. All right, Jim, who you got? You going to take the Raging Cajuns? Nope. Give me Alabama, the other team that covers. Oh, you're going to go against against your squad. You're hedging your bet. I see what you're doing right there. It worked last time, but that's actually not why I'm doing it. I think LSU's going to get drowned. <laughs> I mean, I, who hasn't? There's only one team that hasn't. But, all right, guys, those are our games. Y'all happy? Satisfied? Jim, let me, you, think let me, this, you think this is the week you get back in it? No, this isn't the week. I'm just, I was fixing to say to you guys, are we just inevitably waiting for the SEC title game to find out what happens between Georgia and Alabama? That's what I feel like this season's coming down to. Well, no, I feel like this is going to be the year that Auburn does what they do every five years and they're going to beat Alabama because they've only lost what? One, one, one game? Yeah, they would win the West. Yeah. They would win the West. I feel like that's the kind of year we're looking at. Oh, man, and Alabama, unlike that, the last time that happened, that was Alabama's only loss, so they still got in. Being that they have lost, Alabama would not make the playoffs. Mm-mm-mm. Let me ask yeah. you this. At, at what point does Oklahoma lose? Like, they I don't. feel like they – you don't think so? No, they always lose to somebody we don't think. No, dude, that backup quarterback, everybody talk about Spencer Rattler. That dude's done nothing but light it up. I mean, Who do you got left? Let's see. I still got yeah. at Baylor. They ain't losing, bro. There it is, right there. The, All right, uh, yep, yep. The days. Now that Dave last player. game of the year, they. I mean, you going to see Mike Gundy? No, he's a man. No, I think he's I think, Daniel, I think Daniel's on it. It's Iowa State is the giant killer. They're gonna do it. Lock that Look, up, y'all. Remember that when that game, when that week comes up, give me whatever the line is. Give me Oklahoma. They're gonna blow them boys out. 
I, Iowa State is awful. I think they're <laughs> terrible. Dude, I can't. Which is all but, the more reason why they're going to win that week. Hey, we'll see. I just – it's – I don't know. You look at scores against Tulane, 40 to 35, Nebraska, 23 to 16, West Virginia. Like, they're just – and a few of these games, they should – like, this game, they should have lost. No yeah, doubt about that, it. They put that back up in, though. Kansas, That's when it started. Yeah, Kansas State should have lost. I mean, but – Maybe that's the the hey. sign of a, a great of greatness is that you can overcome those things and figure out a way to win. Before we move on, I don't know how much attention y'all were paying to it, but how nervous were y'all for Cincinnati going into the fourth quarter only being up? I can't remember as one or two. They're up thirteen twelve or fourteen twelve. But I was like, are they really? Is this really fixing to happen? It was no. a rough one. I ain't. I ain't scared for them the rest of the season. I, I want them to make it, dude. It doesn't matter if you're a Memphis fan. You want to see a non-power five finally get their chance, even if they get whooped. Like, it just – it needs to happen. Yeah, I want that conference to split that money before they leave. Uh, no doubt. Need that money. Go ahead. Hey, speaking of conference, Randy, something that you don't know about. I got to go off football, but stick with the American. Do you remember when we had Grace Storty on? And Daniel said if the American Athletic Conference took place, he would go watch. Uh-huh. What if it's taking place in his own backyard on Thursday? And I sent it to him. Oh, Balls in his go. court. Balls in his court. I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Thursday. You got to go see three. that, tie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they can't tie the tournament. That's the good news. Daniel is not going to see a tie. They will go to kicks. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, Grace, I came, and it was zero to zero, so I left. But Maybe the game didn't start. We were yet. 90 minutes in, and I couldn't stay any longer. Daniel, yeah. I actually almost feel like this might have been strategy in your part that I didn't realize in real time. Maybe you picked the tournament because you knew it couldn't end in a tie. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe. I might be a little bit smarter and strategic than you think. But I will say I don't have near the time to put that much effort into, into that. So. No, I did not know that, but it's a good thing to know now. Another good thing to know, Patty, Patty Mahomes and the Giants are tied up at 17 in the fourth. I mean, why, why not let's go ahead, transition to NFL. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Have the Chiefs run come to an end, or are they just in that kind of like, weird pattern where they're trying to figure it out, but the talent and the, the veteran leadership and the team that they are is going to take over at some point. And they're going to find themselves in the playoffs and win because they've been there. I don't think so. I think that we, they are what we, what we're seeing. They're, they're an average to below average football team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the defense is, is very oh. bad. I think, the offense is sputtering. They're not. They're not the same. Something's up, and I don't know if it's fifteen. I don't know if it if it is play calling. I don't know if it's just teams have figured something out. But things are definitely not what they what they have been. So, and if they lose to the Giants tonight, like a lot of questions are going to start being asked. But Jim. You know, looking back on this past weekend, I'll give you the floor to talk about your team because they 
they picked up a big win, a huge win at home against the Bucks. Um, really, I don't know if they solidified anything or if they just kind of said, all right, we are good enough to compete. We just got to go do it. Yeah, now what it solidified was that defense, right? In the games that they, you know, we talked about Jameis, you know, and how he needed to play. But if you look at the, they're they're five and two, but in the four games in which they really dominated, it was all domination via the defense. And um, yes, while the Bucks put up some points and some stats, it was it was the sacks, it was the turnovers. And it was the defense coming up in a big way, the same way they did going all the way back to week one with Green Bay. So I think that team is is different than your traditional Saints team. I don't think it's about the offense as much as it is the defense. So if anything, they solidified. They solidified if that defense is healthy because the since you brought up the Giants, Chief, the game they lost to the Giants, they had four defensive starters out. Now, they still should have beat the Giants, but, I mean, to the point, if the defense is fully healthy, they are legit. Obviously, Alvin Kamara – spoke on it this week guys mark ingram came in and it was like he never left first of all um shout out to the new orleans fan base he got the loudest ovation when he was introduced it was it was beautiful i could have cried um and he fit right into the offense they had him working and what a day to need him because you ended up with your fourth string quarterback right so um i mean how could you guys think about this guys could you ever predict that they brought a guy off the practice squad this week because Ian Book went on the inactive list with Taysom Hill because he still hadn't came out of concussion protocol. And you have a guy on four-string quarterback that you, you bring in off the practice squad just because you got to have a backup quarterback. And here you are, a third series against the defending champs on Halloween with your four-string quarterback. I, it, I mean, I would have laid all the money in the world that my team would have lost. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's uh, they definitely missed an opportunity to put you guys away, and they should have. Like to be honest, like giving the scenario, like there's no reason for the Saints to even been in the game, and probably you were there. Saints fans probably were like, "Oh shit!" Now well, we gave Tom Brady the ball back with two minutes left, and or a minute, a minute forty-one and only a five-point lead, everybody in my section was thinking the same thing. We're fixing to get our hearts ripped out. We did not expect to pick six. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it's um, – I mean, good good on the Saints. I mean, they, they figured out how to win um, and not just win against this some team against the defending champs and probably one of the top teams in the league. But, you know, the first thing that was said to me, Daniel, you know, because if you look at the stats of – the three games in the regular season now between the Bucks and the Saints and how poorly Tom Brady has played. I mean, I can't even argue the statement that's been thrown to me. Well, just we'll wait and see if they play each other in the postseason. And that's the problem because you play Tom Brady in the postseason, you lose. So you can win them in the regular season all you want. It doesn't matter unless you do it when it counts. Yep, that's it. Randy, Colts uh, figured out how to get to overtime, got to overtime, ended up losing. And the whole time I kept thinking, all right, we're in overtime, death, taxes, and Colts beat Titans. That's what I kept thinking. And, um, you know, it didn't end up happening. Obviously, Derrick Henry goes out. 
Um, Carson Wentz, I think the offense is looking better, right? Like Michael Pittman. I mean, well, what we found is that Carson Wentz is a front runner. Everything's all good first three quarters. When it's game time, my man threw the absolute worst pick six I've ever seen in my life. And then he follows that up in overtime with a inexplicable. There's three guys standing in the flat that are wide open. One of them being, you know, the second or third best running back in the AFC. And you don't get it to him. You try to thread the needle 45 yards on an out route, of course, they pick it off. I mean, he just he's withering in the moment. I mean, you and I don't blame him completely because Frank Reich, I don't know what he was thinking on some of these play calls. When you got a guy like Jonathan Taylor and he doesn't touch the ball in overtime, that's that should be a fireball offense. But they didn't they didn't win. Titans are a better team. That's just the but, hard, but hey bitter, I, bitter pill. But let me ask you a question. With the loss of Henry for the season, can the Colts write this ship and still get this division? No. No. I don't think I so mean, because we know the Titans they lean on Henry. Hole. I mean, I I yeah, I hear you. I think that the Colts, the Titans are gonna lose some games. I don't think I don't trust the Colts enough to win the games they need to win. I think they're they're probably about a 500 team because I think that Carson Wentz is about a 500 quarterback. I mean, you can't make the decisions that he makes in crunch time and be elite. I mean, he's paid to be an elite quarterback and he just hasn't done it. Speaking of elite, Mahomes just threw another interception. Hmm. I, th- I, you know what, Randy? I'm making a bold prediction because I think Tennessee relies on. Derrick Henry that much, and Julio Jones' health has been really a problem. I think the Colts are going to catch them in this division. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I see why a lot of people think that. The problem that I have is the Colts completely shut Henry down. I mean, you can say that it was his injury, whatever, but they shut him down, completely shut him down, and Ryan Tannehill beat him. Actually, A.J. Brown beat him, and they didn't ever change their coverage. They played a 15-yard cushion on him, and A.J. Brown's too good for that. You're going to have to bump him. And I'm, if I can't – if I've seen more of the back of Rocky Sands jersey than I've seen the front. You can't – I don't understand. Every time there's a big play, it's, it's him giving it up. So, I understand. I'm not a – I think the defense of the Colts is actually pretty good with the exception of Rocky Sands is, like, scared to get beat on the long ball. So, he now he gives 10, 12 yards. Huh. He just can't do that. And I think Ryan Tannehill is a little better than people give him credit for. So, Daniel, to transition into your team, I'm going to tell you something. You know, when, when the Bucks do good and Tom Brady does his thing, he's a lead story, right? But when Tom Brady doesn't do good and the Saints win with their four-string quarterback, they then instead just talk about the Cowboys and Cooper Rush. Ain't that some bull? Hey. It's America's team. Talk about them. They deserve to be talked about. I mean, Cooper Rush finds Cedric Wilson down the scene for an 80 80- – thousand yard touchdown pass and like the complexion of the game completely changed um you know i i've been very low-key on talking about the cowboys just because they're they're doing what i want them to do which is win games win convincingly and then when they face adversity figure out a way to still win those games um 
you know, but I, I don't, I think we're seeing a little bit different of a Cowboys team than what we've seen in the past. So you guys can take out of that statement what you will, but I think it's different. This year's a little bit different. I mean, six and one feels good. They're playing three and they're three and zero oh at home. Got another big home game coming up this weekend, so I, I, I'm excited. So, with that, let's get into our picks for this week. Um, well, I guess I'll give a recap of, of two weeks ago. You don't um, have to. Well, I'm 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 gonna break it down for you. Let's just say, Jim, you won one game. You went. One and five to make your overall record twenty six and fifteen. Still in first place. Still looking good. Um, I went five and one. Good week for me. That up my record to twenty four and seventeen. I'm two games back of Jim and Randy. You went two and four. It's okay. Two and four. Uh, but you're sitting in last place, 16 and 25. So a big week for me, possibly a big week for Jim. We could see a change in the leaderboard. Randy, you could make things, you know, interesting, but you'd have to win them all and we'd have to lose them all. So that's that's still an option. It's, it's still out there. But uh, Randy, last place, you can pick first. Do you want to pick first? Do you want to pick last? Yeah, I don't care. I'll pick first. It doesn't matter to me. I'm got. I'm, right. gonna, I'm looking for something y'all are not gonna agree with me on, and I just don't really see it. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'll, go. If you take the Jaguars over the Bills, I will not agree with you on that. Yeah, I'll tell you that I, right. All now. right, I, I'm gonna get a little. Uh, look, my boy has been struggling the past couple of weeks, so I'm gonna go bounce back game for the goat, and I'm taking the Chargers over the Eagles. The goat? That's bold. Uh, you heard. You heard what I said. I mean, the Eagles just beat up on on you know Motor City Dan, man. Yeah, they did. I'm still right. going. I'm going. That's an right. look. That's an upset. You're taking Chargers minus two and a half. Oh no, they're they're favored. Yeah, okay. Well, it should be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Plus, my the Justin Herbert's looking to help you out, DB. He's looking to put a little more space between first place and the Eagles. But I, I I think the Chargers are gonna win. Like I'll I'll go ahead. I'll take the uh, the Chargers. As me, well. me too. So you're not gaining any ground, bro. Man, good pick, Randy. Great, solid pick. Uh, to do the opposite of what I said you needed to do this week. All right, Jim. Or hell, it's me. I get to pick now. Y'all know where I'm going. Jim, where am I going? Cowboys. Cowboys. Right. Done it. I've done it this way every week. Starting off with the boys. Give me the boys. Nine. Nine and a half. half. No. Give me the Broncos. Dak's back. Nine and a half. Give it to me. You're going, Randy, you're going Broncos. Uh, let Jim go first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? No, I am going Broncos. I don't think y'all. I don't think they're covering that line. I don't either. That's why I laughed when you said let it go, Jim go first, because I'm taking the Broncos just on the line. Not you know what? The game two two weeks ago, Jim was on this podcast saying 
The Broncos weren't that good. They're not. I don't like a nine and a half points. Now all of a sudden they play in my team and they're they they figured it out. Judy's Judy's in the flex for me, bro. Give me a break. All right, Jim. Cowboys had some close games, cuz. Go ahead and give me my team. Give me the Saints to cover six at home against the Falcons and Ridley out with mental health issues. Saints minus six. That wasn't a jab at it, really. That's saying that I already would have picked the Saints, but if they're not going to have Ridley, I really want the Saints. Randy, who are you taking? He loves yeah. Matty Ice. He loves yeah. Matty Ice. But that team is really bad. I'm going to go with the Saints. They're at home. I'll cover that line. I'll go with that. Who's they the quarterback? Former, former starting quarterback. I mean, you know, it's not like he's just nobody's ever Ooh, heard of the game. He's not going to be the quarterback, my friend. i tell you what. Give me. All I know is that. Taysom, oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Taysom's, Taysom's the been, starter? Taysom's, well, me. they have that, but Taysom's been cleared out of concussion protocol. I know, but I saw Sean Payton today say that Trevor Simeon was a starter. Give me, give me Matt, Matty Ice. I'm taking the Falcons on the road. Oh, man. If Taysom's the starter, man, that changes. Well, he, they didn't say that, but he they, he's clear from concussion protocol. How would he not be a starter? I don't care. Simeon looked decent, but come on. I don't think that Sean Payton believes in Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback. I, I just don't think he does because do. he, likes, he likes putting him at that flex wildcat goal line that's what he's just a workhorse for that man he's just kilmer's horse huh trevor simeon's gonna be the starter even if Taysom's back mark put that down in the book all right uh jim two in a row who you who you got all right give me the rams to absolutely Dump the Titans. Ooh. They just, I mean, that move today, good God. Vaughn Miller added to that Rams defense. And then you tell me Derrick Henry's missing. Tannehill's fixed to have nightmares. Randy, who you take? I mean, I don't care if Derrick Henry was there. I'm taking the Rams. I Fuck the Titans. Randy, if Randy, have we picked the same the whole way? Uh, yes. <laughs> give me, give me the Rams. I got their defense. I need the Rams to just dominate. All right, I get to go again. I mean, I feel like this is the easiest one, right? Well, that's trash. I don't want nothing to do with the fourteen point line. If I'm being honest. I feel like this is an even easier one. How's that one easy? I think the 49 I think the 49ers can win that game. I'm not gonna be baited into this. No way. No way. Randy, tell me I'm wrong. No, I would absolutely I would pick the 49ers in that so game. Would, so would I. I think I I might take the Jets. You should. Eleven. That's a that's ten and a half. No, this came off a know. W, dog. They're hot. The Jet, the and and didn't they they beat a few teams that are actually good. The they Colts beat, aren't even good. They beat the, my the first place Bengals, man. I'm taking my dudes, Josh Allen. Give me Buffalo. 
big line. Given fourteen, I'll take it. all day. Randy, who are you taking? Man, that fourteen. That's just a lot, man. That's a lot. I'm gonna go with. Uh, yeah, give me the Bills. I can't. I mean, Jag. I'm not not picking them for nothing. Jim, who you got? Bro, who's my starting quarterback and receiver in fantasy? You know I'm not going to – I got to go Bills, period. All right. Last one, Randy. Last pick. Finish this up. Do the, Brown, do the Browns Bengals. You know you want to. No, because I wouldn't pick them sorry-ass Browns. I need to pick – That's cool. No, no. I won't be baited into this. Packers the line, Chiefs, the Chiefs. line that, that doesn't even Chiefs, make sense. The Chiefs are a two point favorite, by the way, on the Packers. You see yeah, that? That doesn't even make sense to me. I mean, I I would take this one. I could tell you where I'm gonna go. You already know where I'm going. I know, but Jim's going there too. I'm I'm looking for a game that I can disagree with you. But Daniel's on. Daniel's only two games behind me. You got game ground on him too. I'm looking to game ground on both you chumps. Give me mm. don't love it don't love it don't love it hate all of them <laughs> uh give me the steelers six and a half over the bears oh you uh, picked the right game you picked the right game i want the bears daniel go ahead and put that in What an ugly game. In your is your mom still in town, Daniel? She is. You better not pick against the Bears while she's in your house, bro. Yeah. I ain't studying studying that. It's about winning. That's your mom, bro. That's number one. Don't pick against the Bears. Give Randy what he wants. Randy's taking Pittsburgh. Hey, look, I messed with his heartstrings, Randy. He's he's now emotionally attached. He's like, man, my mom. Did y'all know that Adrian Peterson signed with the Titans today? Yeah. What the hell? Daniel's like, already, Daniel's like, I already picked him up on waivers. <laughs> I don't. No, I, I'm lucky I was able to maneuver my roster around and not have to pick up a running back. Shit. What's the... I'm a, I'm taking the Steelers. I can't. Boom! I just thought I found the game. Yeah, I thought you did too, but it's all for not. Randy, how how good is the Colts' defense? Good enough to stop the Jets' running game? Oh yeah, yeah. They that that is what they are good at stopping the run. Because I traded. Long story short, I had. In a trade, I picked up the Jets running back. He ended up having 30 fantasy points this, this week, but I had him on the bench. Oh, no, we're shutting him down, cuz. Okay. Got okay. Darius Leonard, okay? All right, last call, guys. Let's let's get into it. Let's wrap this thing up. Jim, what do you got? Man, you know I like to use this opportunity to shout out our guests, and I'm going to do soccer, which I know you hate, but, dude, OG-type stuff. In the SEC tournament of all things, Molly Swift 
goes and kicks the penalty kick that gives them the lead and then has an amazing diving save to ice it. So she scored and saved the winning kick. All right. Take that for data. How is it that the goalie ends up having to do the, the kick? Anybody can take the kick. She's taking kicks for them in game. So she's obviously really good at it. And But it, the, what made it was clutch was not that the fact that she made her kick was she went down and she made a sports center top 10 again, laying out diving save. So this girl, I got a message today from somebody within the media thing that sees how much we share her stuff and says – She's playing on the next level. You can bank on it. Get it. Get it, Molly. All right, Randy, last call. What you got? I got to shout out Derek Gore, which I don't know if you guys know this. He's actually the son of Frank Gore, the Frank Gore that just retired like last year. No, in all seriousness, uh, my my last call is I think, and, and I'm, I was on this bandwagon, we talk about coaches that maybe are overhyped and you got to start wondering. I know that Jim especially has been a fan of the Boston Celtics, but we got to start asking some questions about Brad Stevens and that chemistry of that locker room. I said it two years ago, saying it again today, that team is not constructed right personality wise. And I don't know that Brad Stevens is the dude. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. It's some, Hot garbage right now. The Kyrie Irving effect. He was in that locker room once, and it all went downhill after. Well, yep. they had their best year after he left, and since then it's been garbage. Good. Jason Tatum is not a leader. Just putting that out there. All right, next. Giant ball of poopy. You like how you took a jab at Tatum and then wanted to move on, so I couldn't even defend my boy. <laughs> hey, all right. We got the the. Hold on, before you go, five. can I read you? Can I read you one quote from Marcus Smart? Of course you can. I love Marcus Smart quotes. Yeah, I would just like to play basketball. Every team knows we're going to force the ball to Jason and Jalen. Every team is programmed and studied to stop Jason and Jalen. I think everybody's scouting report is to make those guys pass the ball. They don't pass the ball. Mm. Mic drop. Boom. Just like that. Go ahead, Mark. Mark. Get it. Get it. All right, Randy, you want the power five or the not-so-powerful five? Give me the not-so-powerful five. All right, coming in at number five, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it, at some point, bruh, you, you got to win big games. And I, I feel bad for you because the schedule's got a couple more big games on, 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 the, on deck, so I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And I know that you don't know what to do, but you're not the guy. You're an uh, eight, nine-win kind of guy. And that's okay. That's respectable, but not what the fans of the big house are looking for. Coming in at number four, Dan Mullen. Four and four at this point in the season is not good enough. You were exactly what Randy said. You were an average coach in the SEC at Mississippi State, and you continue to be an average coach in the SEC at Florida. Coming in at number three, Zion and the Pelicans. I will quote. Randy, again, the dude is large, out of shape, and the Pelicans are reeling, and it's good for Grizzlies fans, but probably not so good if you're living in New Orleans and you're a basketball fan. Coming in at number two, the Chiefs. I don't know what the score of the game is right now, but they won. It, it's, they won. 
thank goodness. Because but, the interception that Randy called, they got called offside, so that was the difference maker. Regardless of a win against the Giants, who are, are beat up, you're not playing well. You're struggling. And all indications are that you should have beat the Giants handily, and you didn't. And coming in at number one, the team that Jim was so high on for this two, three years now, and they are struggling mightily, the Cleveland Browns. Could this be the Cleveland of old? That team that was in the playoffs and made us believe just for a second, is it their time? Are they, are they headed back to mediocrity? I never believe. Nope, they're playoff bound. It got a long road, long road to get there. Power five, coming in at number five. We got the Rams defense. Von Miller added to it, I mean, to an already stellar defense. I mean, that, that, puts, you, that puts you in the power five. Number four, Chicago Bulls. We said it two weeks ago when NBA started. The Bulls have what it takes, and they just start putting it together. Sitting at number one in the Eastern Conference, it looks like they have started to put it together. Coming in at number three, Michigan State Spartans. Undefeated. Big win against Michigan. They have all the momentum and the ball is in their court. All they got to do is win games, put themselves in, in a position. Coming in at number two, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, backup quarterback, Dallas Cowboys. Game time decision for Dak to play. He ends up not playing. Cooper Rush comes in there, struggles in the first half, figures it out in the second half, but the Cowboys prevail with a big win. And coming in at number one, Mike White. The Jets sign Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco doesn't play. Mike White, a guy who's been in the league for a few years, comes in, first start at home, big game, and gets it done. Had some turnovers, but Damn it, did they not win the game? And they actually looked, according to the analysts, when the game came on, they said the Jets actually looked a lot better. So shout out to Mike White for, for doing his thing. Shout out to the Jets shout, for, for winning. Shout out to you for being the exact same as national media mentioning Mike White and Cooper Rush, but not Trevor Simeon. Not doing it. Not doing it. That's, uh, that's something. Who's Trevor Simeon? He's a quarterback for the Saints. But, hey, I'm going to go ahead and tell you who's not on your list that I have to put on the list because you're going to ask that next. How's John Morant, the leading scorer in the NBA, and doesn't make your list? It's the expectation. Expectations he should be – start making strides to be in the conversation. Mm, All right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why not? Man, ain't at all. Hey, Randy, he ain't made an all-star game yet, but he gonna go to the MVP first. Hey, that's that's how it works. That's how it works around Memphis. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a week by week. You know, if if y'all y'all want to have some input, you gotta you gotta let me know prior to. But this was no. I like your list. I just I just like how you did with national media. Did it's okay. You just missed the four-string quarterback who got the dub against the defending champs. It's okay. I mean, I don't know if he actually got the dub or if Tom Brady gave you the dub. 
Oh. I th- I'd like to think that Trevor thinks that his two touchdown passes were meaningful. I would venture to say that the defense of the Saints think they won that game and not Trevor Simeon. Anyways, all right, Mike White. Mike White, never hear about him again for the rest of the season. Remember that. Nah, he's, he's starting next week against the Colts. Watch. That's this week, Thursday night. Yeah, he's starting Thursday night against the Colts. Three picks. Lock it up. Oh, he – I think he had three picks this week, but he ended up figuring it out and winning the game. So, before before that. Before you let go, I'm going to get you a fit because I don't even know it. I'm going to get you the official stat line for Simeon so we can – so we can know what we got here. We got – he was 16 of 29, actually, for 159 and only one touchdown. I forgot Jameis threw that first touchdown before he exited. So – but no turnovers and – you know, 65% completion, 82 rating. I'll take it off the practice squad. Good for him. He's number six in the power, the, the power rankings this week. Sitting right outside. Question is, is if, if he did so well, why is he not automatically the starter going into this week? Because Taysom has proven and earned that spot. And then on top of that, um, I think he's, he's earned the spot. He's three and one as a starter. The dude hasn't started a game this year. What really should be brought up is what I brought up to you on the phone. And I'm surprised Randy hadn't brought up because Randy is a big Peyton guy. The list that they brought up of quarterbacks that, that Sean Peyton has won as a uh, coach with um, – the, the list of quarterback. Yeah. Any any quarterback who has filled in in that spot has been able to win. But anyway, enough of my Saints. Daniel, close us out. That's right. Enough of that nonsense and that malarkey. Another good episode, guys. And we got Taylor Broadway back, you know, giving us an update on him and the White Sox organization. It was good stuff, man. He He's got – the right stuff he's climbing the mountain he's gonna climb the rungs of the ladder and, and i think we're gonna see him do big things and i say that about all our guys but it's you can just see it you can just see it in these guys they got something special and you know shout out to you jim you, you always go after quality guys not only athletically gifted but also good character so if you like hearing the stories of those good characters or you just want to hear us average shows talk x's and o's Please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll see everyone next week for Episode 9. We're going to get some updates on the Ole Miss fall baseball season with Ben Van Cleve and Hayden Leatherwood. And I'm telling you right now, you don't want to miss what I got for Ben Van Cleve. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be one that is going to be unforgettable. So. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.